0: in itself, is not what you require. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. It's important that our worship not be um, uh, coming from a systematic type person, systematic or automatic or um, I don't want to say ordered because God is a God of order. But... That it's not, uh, that we don't go numb to just singing a few songs, hearing a preacher entertain you and going home. And the thing that we miss is even when the word's being preached to you, even while we're fellowshipping, we can still be worshipping. Worship is not music. That just go over your heads? Worship is not music. Worship is the heart. What's coming from your heart? Where's your heart? I believe that I can worship God in all that I do. Not just in going through a song list or hearing praise and worship. Music is one small part of worship. You know, we want to live a life of worship. So this word surrender, as I was talking about it last week, we do not need to apply the word surrender to only our music experience. A worshiping heart is not just when you get your heart right during the music. When we truly surrender and we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, you know, when there are are those around the throne of God worshiping, uh, The God in heaven or even a God here, on not a God, but a king here on earth, that's not always music going on. Many times they can be bowing. You know, this is what we're used to seeing. There's no music going on with that. Where is your heart? I want to encourage you and I want to ask you to go a little deeper with me tonight to realize that worship is not just music. Where is your heart? I think the Lord is saying to America, I think the Lord is saying to Church on the Hill, Where truly is your heart? We come in here and we play the game. But where's your heart? So the heart of worship we said last week is surrender. Now say that with me. Say the word surrender. You know, it takes something out of you to say that. Surrender. We sing, I surrender all. That song's been sang for the last 100 years. But I wonder who's got it. You know, I believe it's dangerous to sing it, not mean it. I think we need to watch what's coming out of our mouth. I want to, what I sing, I want to mean it. I don't want to play a game. I don't want to come in here and sing. My heart, my heart will worship, you know, beautiful one, I love you. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my heart must sing. My heart, my heart must sing. My heart, my heart must sing. This guy, I guess, that wrote it is bursting. My heart's got to sing it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Something in me is telling me, body, flesh, bless the Lord. The heart of worship is surrender. Romans 6.13. Give yourselves to God. Surrender your whole being to Him to be used for righteous purposes. I can see that my worship includes... My walk with God. Give yourselves to God. Surrender your whole being to him to be used. To be used. That I might be a vessel that he could work through. Romans 12, 1. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. What? What? It's not singing a song. It's not doing three songs and sitting down. That's not the worship I'm supposed to offer. A living sacrifice to God dedicated dedicated to his service and to pleasing him. Do you see where we're going? The music just gets you going. The music is just a catalyst to bring us all together to stir you up to respond to God. Not to go through a song, not to sing three verses. You know, the old Baptist way is verse 1, verse 2, and verse 4. Or what is it 1, 3, and 4? Which one is it? 1, 2, and 4. I'm, I'm numb to it. Verses 1, 2, and 4. Turn uh, not, not that the hymnals are bad. They're not bad. They're good. But we miss it. Surrender your heart. Give your, your life as a living sacrifice to God. Dedicated to His service and to pleasing Him. How many times when you come in, and let's just stick to the music for a minute, is your worship experience while we're singing dedicated to pleasing Him? Or is it dedicated to pleasing you? Do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what we sing. If our intention is to please Him, we're going to get into that song in a way that we have never gotten into it. God, this isn't my favorite song. It's going to mean even more to you. Here comes a living sacrifice. I hate this song. But I'm going to worship you to it. Are the words right? Are they biblical? Are they from Scripture? Okay, God, here comes my heart. I'm going to show you. I can't stand this song, but watch me please you. This song does not please me at all. But God says, it wasn't written for you. It was written for me. Now worship me. Let it come from your heart. Let when you start, and this is just in music. I'm talking about a surrendered life, but just in music. Think of how the church would worship if their goal was to please God. I'm desiring revelation to you through very simple teaching. That we would just take this dedicated to His service and to pleasing Him. If we will try to please Him... We will succeed because he's a daddy that's easy to please. He has his ways of doing things, but if we aim to please him, we will. He's not a daddy that can't be pleased. He's a daddy that's easily pleased. Offer, true worship, bringing God pleasure happens when you give yourself completely to God, offering yourself to God. That is what worship is all about. Offering yourself. We looked at three barriers last week. We started looking at the first one, our ignorance of God. Number two, the desire to be God ourselves. And number three, our misunderstanding of surrender. These are our barriers to surrender. We looked last week at our ignorance of God. We can't surrender to God if we don't know God. The thing is, if you will get to know God, it becomes easier to surrender to God. If you don't know God, you'll never do it. We're too rebellious. We are naturally rebellious, wanting to go against authority. But if you will get to know God, it becomes easier to surrender to God. Has anybody ever found that to be true? The more I draw closer to him, the easier it is to come under him. So if you're struggling with God, start getting to know him more. Search him out more it becomes easier to surrender. Can I trust God? Trust is an essential ingredient to surrender. You won't surrender to God unless you trust Him. But, but you can't trust Him until you know Him. Fear keeps us from surrendering. But love casts out all fear. And who is love? God is love. If we are fearing surrender, we are lacking love because love casts out all fear. Well, if we're lacking love, I believe we're lacking the relationship with God because love casts out all fear. The more you realize how much God loves you, the easier surrender becomes. So, last week I gave you all these scriptures on how God loves you, so I'm not going to go through that today. Number two, the desire to be God ourselves or admitting our limitations. The second barrier to surrender, to total surrender, is pride. We don't want to admit we're just creatures and not in charge of everything. Now, this may sound like an open record, a broken record, because I say this all the time, how much we want to be in control. It is the oldest temptation. Genesis 3, 5. When the serpent was talking to Eve, if you'll just eat this. The only thing that you've been asked not to do. You've got this entire garden. Anybody that has a garden knows there's things to do. And they're in a garden that they're not even having to work. Right? God says... Here it all is. Live in paradise. Perfect. The environment I've created for you. The only thing. Have you ever noticed that if you say something that the kids can't do, you can say, you can go and play with 10,000 toys, but don't, don't don't stick a toy in the electrical outlet, and they're two years old. What do they do? All of a sudden, all the attention goes on, what was said? No, it is it's human. All you got to do is tell me what I can't do and immediately in my flesh, that's what I want to do. I had no desire to do it before you said it, but now that you've said it, that's what I want to do. My biggest motivation when I had it, when I drank a lot as a, as a young, uh, as a teenager and as a, a college student, wasn't that I desired to drink, it's that my parents told me not to do it. That was my number one motivation, was rebellion. All the attention, all my attention went there. And the serpent said, what do you mean? God just said, don't eat that so you wouldn't be like him. So that you wouldn't know everything. Go ahead and eat it. It's okay. You're just going to be like him. You will be like God. It's the temptation we have today. I don't need God. I can handle this on my own. No, God, I got it. This desire is the cause of so much stress in our life. Life is a struggle, but what most people don't realize is that this struggle, our struggle, like Jacob's, was really with God. Jacob struggled with God. Y'all know the story where he wrestled literally. Wrestled with God. Wrestled with the angel. We want to be God. And there's no way you're going to win that struggle. A.W. Tozer said, The reason why many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. We're still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us. Have you ever been battling something so bad that it wasn't until you got to your absolute end that you were willing To look at the next option. You've beat that thing until there is nothing left. And finally. You know the story of the prodigal. He felt like he could handle it all. Give me. Give me what's mine. And it wasn't until he hit the end. That he stood up. And he said. I will return to my father. You know what that wasn't enough. He had to get up. And he had to walk back. I will return, and he did. And what happened? Just like a good father. Just like God the Father. You know what? You've messed up big time. We're not going to talk about that. Somebody go kill the cow. Somebody go get a robe. Put a ring on his finger, and we're going to have a party. But Daddy, I don't even deserve to, I just deserve to be a worker. No, you don't. You're my son. You you, You get back over here. You're mine. You're mine. We've got to sometimes get to the end of ourselves before we're really willing to surrender. We are not God and we never will be. We're humans. It's when we try to be God that we end up most like Satan who tried the same thing. See if you can catch this. We accept our humanity intellectually but not emotionally. We give mental agreement to the idea. Right now, you have no problem sitting in here and saying, yeah, surrender. That sounds right. Yeah, I can do that. But when faced with our own limitations, we react with irritation, with anger and resentment. We want to be taller or shorter, smarter, stronger, more talented, beautiful, wealthy, You know, most of you know I've been going through dieting. Man, there's millions... People make millions of billions of dollars on diets. People want to be different. We want to have it all and do it all. And we become upset when it doesn't happen. Then when we notice God gave these other people characteristics that we don't have, how do we react? With Jealousy, self-pity, envy. Let me tell you, I do it. I catch myself thinking having stinking thinking. It's amazing how quickly it can happen. And it happens in the church. The funny thing is, I'm in the church all the time, so all my stuff happens in the church. It's just where I live. Do we have bad thoughts even in the church? Yes. But what does it mean to surrender? Surrender Surrendering to God is not... Passive resignation. It's not fatalism. It's not an excuse for laziness. It's not accepting the status quo. In fact, it's just the opposite, the exact opposite. Sacrificing our life in resistance to evil and injustice or suffering in order to change what needs to be changed. God often calls surrendered people to do battle on his behalf. And it's not for cowards. And it's not for doormats. Surrendering is not putting your brain in neutral and giving up rational thinking. God wouldn't waste what He's created in you. He's not saying for you to become less than who you are, He doesn't want you to waste the mind He, got, he gave you. God did not create robots. Look around, we don't look the same in any way. We're completely different. Surrendering is not repressing your personality. God wants to use your unique personality. It's who I am. It's what rubs you wrong sometimes. Just talk about my personality. I've got a strong personality. I offend easily. Most of the time people think, probably even right now, think I'm so intense. I'm not intense, man. I have a big time. You have no idea how much fun I have. I'm, a, I'm somebody that likes to have fun. I also like to get my work done first. You work with me, we'll get our work done, then we'll go play. I love to play. And I, I, I'd, I'd probably shock you. Some people go to lunch with me and they come back thinking, man, what? who am I sitting here eating with? <laughs> uh, I have to kind of watch myself. I'm I'm human. But God made me that way. Now, I have to learn to control it. I can't let it just go out of whack. How many here let your personality just completely go? Don't do that. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Nothing, not, You don't feel more like a child than when you lose control of yourself. Where does it happen the most? Usually, it, well, with me, it's my wife. Man, I feel like a child when I lose my self-control. And that's what I say to myself, you little baby don't you grow up? Praise God, Elizabeth doesn't say that to me. I'm sure it's what she's thinking. But little baby, grow up. What's wrong with me? How could I even think like that? God wants to use your personality. Rather than being diminished, surrendering enhances it. C.S. Lewis said, the more we let God take over us, the more truly ourselves we become. Because he made us. He invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It's when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. It's it's not until we become who God's wanting us to be that we really become who we've been created to be. I feel like it's, it's either blowing your mind or I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening to you. It's not until we come into his kingdom and start to fulfill his purpose that we're actually becoming what we're, we've been created to become. Surrendering is best demonstrated, guess where? One of my favorite words, obedience. Obedience, cooperating with your creator. You say, yes, Lord. To whatever he asks of you, it's going to sound so funny. But I was in a setting just the other day, and the Lord was speaking to me. And you know, the Lord was saying to me, "Paul, I want you to sing with this group." No, I don't do that. I sing up on stage, you know, when we're doing that. But not, no, that's what my mom does. I'm not going to do that. Well, who are you? Who are you, sir? You claim that I'm I'm the one you serve. Who are you, sir? What are you going to do? And I mean, I'm sitting here with a group of men and we're praying and I'm sitting there fighting with God. I'm not going to do it. You are going to do it. I'm going to sit here until you do it. So, I didn't hear a single prayer going on in that room. I'm sitting there fighting with God. You may say, Paul, how can you do that? Look, it is real. Is God speaking to you? You have opportunities every day. God gives you just a little glimpse. I want you to to step over here. I want you to do this. And we fight. No. Can you imagine what you're missing? You can't imagine. So I did it. The Holy Spirit came. Nothing major happened. All that did was it just showed me I have a tendency of not wanting to obey God. I'm fighting with God over something silly. I, I'm trying my best to put this on a level that you will realize we're not all the same. I mean, we are, we're all the same. We're all going through the same things. And I have to be willing to surrender my life. I'm trying my best and I know something that really, that, that the Lord has taught me and that other pastors have taught me that usually what you preach on is what you get tested on. So sometimes I teach on things that I'm thinking, oh, God, no, not, not that. Don't test me on that. Uh, so sure enough, I preach on surrender Wednesday night and on Sunday night, I'm getting an opportunity. Will I do it? And I just want to encourage you. Let me just show you one example. You know, even when we say no, Lord, it is a contradiction. You cannot claim Jesus as your Lord when you refuse to obey him. And how can I expect God to move in this church if I'm not willing to line up with him? I'm your pastor. God is going to move. He loves his church. But how can I personally expect him to move if I'm not going to do it? But after a night of failed fishing, and let me tell you, there's nothing like a fisherman. Nothing like people that fish. After a night of failed fishing, Peter modeled surrender. When Jesus told him to try again. Look in Luke 5 5, and I'll close right here. Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing. What's he saying? Jesus, we've we've been fishing. And this is what we do. We fish. But if you say to throw it again, we'll throw it again. We'll get all the gear back out. We'll get the we'll get the boat back out, and we'll go back out. Because you say so, I will do it. Now, you may think, that's Peter. We're no different than Peter. He's a nasty old fisherman. Can't ever keep his mouth shut. Can't keep from sticking his foot in his mouth. Yet, look how God mightily moved through him. God didn't pick the ones that you would think he would pick. And the one you think he would pick is the one that was... uh, Killing Christians. Paul had the education, but he was going against what God wanted. Persecuting Christians. But look at all these guys that he picked. Guys like you and me. I can use that. Surrendered people obey God's word even if it doesn't make sense. Especially when it doesn't make sense especially when you don't understand it. It's easy to obey what you want. It's easy to obey when your boss tells you something to do that you wanted to do anyway. It's when he asks you to do what you don't want to do. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Father, I just pray tonight, Lord, and I just ask that we would start to allow our hearts to turn. Lord, I'm not, I'm not getting as far as I need to get, Lord, to get to the meat of this, but Lord, I do just ask you, to help us to learn to think differently when we come in here. And, Lord, that when we get done worshiping in here, I believe if our, if we have a truly surrendered heart, then we're going to step out of here differently. And, Lord, that we learn to, to go moment by moment checking our heart. Where's my heart? Lord, we're all at a point in our lives where we need to check our heart. Where am I? What's in it for me? What is my motivation for what I'm doing? Is it manipulation? Am I manipulating the situation? Or Lord, am I giving my heart to you in the decisions that I'm making? Because the hardest thing for us to see, the thing that's so hard to see, is that when we make those decisions according to your will, you are going to bless us far greater than we can ever get on our own. It's a paradox. That if we'll give up, we'll get. And we'll get fulfilled in a way and not just financial. We'll get the fulfilling that we need. We think we need one thing. But God knows how to fulfill our every desire. God created us and he knows what we desire. We don't even know what we need. But he does. I thank you, Lord, that you're so good to us, that you receive us back when we turn back to you. And Lord, a surrendering heart is a, is a repentive heart. It's a heart that's saying, I've hung on long enough and I turn back to you. When the prodigal got up out of the, the mud, it was a repentive heart. He said, I can't do this anymore. I need you, Father. I've messed up. I'll come and just be an employee of yours. I'll be a slave of yours. And The father says, oh, no, you're my child. And God is a restorer, He's a redeemer. The hardest thing to learn is that if we'll really give our hearts to Him, He's a restorer and He's a redeemer. And He is ready and able to move mightily in this church and in our life.